Forest City Church. Anyone and everyone. You know, we've been on this journey through Luke and Acts. And um, there's a passage in Luke chapter 10 um, that I want to highlight this morning. I won't be covering all of Luke 10, but there's one specific passage that I think is extremely important as we think about this holy season, this Palm Sunday. It's Luke chapter 10, starts in verse 38, and it says this, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. Martha, she was worrying over the big dinner that she was preparing. So she came to Jesus and she said, Lord, doesn't this seem unfair to you? That my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Sounds like a sister, doesn't it? It's like, Dad, tell her to help me out. But the Lord says to her, my dear Martha, you're so upset over all these details. There is really only one thing worth being concerned about. There's only one thing to be worried about. Just one, Jesus says. Mary has discovered it. I'm not going to take it away from her. In Jesus' day, what Martha was doing was exactly what Martha was supposed to do. Like hospitality was a really big deal in Jesus' time. When you invited someone into your home, you hustling to make a meal that was absolutely perfect, this is what the world required of Martha. It's what you're supposed to do. This is what the rules tell you to do. You don't invite somebody into your home and sit at their feet. That's not what you're supposed to do. So Martha, in this picture, is doing exactly what she's supposed to do. Jesus is coming to her home. She's supposed to do stuff. And yet Jesus looks at Mary and says, this one, this one, I know you're doing, Martha, what you're supposed to do, but this one has figured it out. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, when he says, Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. I was thinking a lot about this verse, this one thing that Jesus points out that Mary had figured out. Like this one thing that she had figured out. I thought about the life that we all live. Because here's the reality. We all live a life where we're all doing what we're supposed to do. Right? Tomorrow you're going to wake up and go to work. Because you're supposed to. Right? Tomorrow, some of you are going to make dinner. Because you're supposed to. Some of you are not going to make dinner. You're going to order carry out. Because you're supposed to make dinner and you don't want to. Right? This is what we do. And, and, And the world seems to have sped up in such a way, even in the last 20 years. Is it anybody else? Does this world seem like it's going like a top, just spinning? Is it because we have computers in our pocket? Probably. 
but it feels like this world is moving faster and faster and faster. And I spend all of my time just trying to do what I'm supposed to do. And I feel like I can't answer the emails fast enough. And then it was like, I remember, you know, back in the day, remember when Blackberries came along? Blackberries came along and then email was traveling with us. And once I just figured out how to answer my emails, then everybody started texting. Because back in the day, you didn't really text. You had, you had to know how to hit the numbers into letters. And so texting was really slow. But then texting came. And then I about figured out texting. And then Facebook Messenger comes. And then I figure out Facebook Messenger. And then uh, another messaging platform. And then Instagram. And you can hit me on Instagram. And there's literally 47 different ways to get to me. And I got to figure out how to get back to everybody else. It is like this world is just spinning. And I'm just trying to do what I'm supposed to do. Every single day I wake up just trying to do what I'm supposed to do. And you know, it's funny because this week I was reading this passage and I came across this study. This is an actual study. It was about 50 years ago, a little bit more than that. Time Magazine did this whole spread on what the future was going to look like. In fact, Time Magazine said this. It said, that um, in 1960, there was expert testimony that was given to the subcommittee of the Senate on time management. So there's an actual subcommittee, or there used to be, on time management. Listen to what they said. The essence of what Time Magazine reported was that because of advances in technology, the stuff I'm just talking to you about, within 20 years or so, by 1980, people would have to radically cut back on how many hours a week they worked or the weeks of a year that they worked, or else they'd have to start retiring early. Then they go on to say this in Time Magazine. The great challenge was, what will people in the future do with all of their time? Anybody suffering from this problem right now? (laughs) No, no. It seems like all these tools that we've added haven't made our lives easier or made us more present. It's made me just spinning around like a top, bouncing from one thing to another. Like as I read that passage this week and I thought about Mary in that moment when the busyness of the house, it was absolutely bonkers. Here's Jesus coming to your home. And when Jesus shows up to your home, like you gotta do it right. And Mary somehow understands one thing in spite of all the stuff that's going on in my life and all the things that are happening all around me I need to understand how to engage in this moment right here right now I've been working so hard recently on this concept of being fully present like I feel like most of my life if, if you're anything like me of all the things that happen in my life, the distractions, being fully present in any particular moment can be real challenging. Anybody else? You ever feel like you wake up and you're like, I just literally lived three months. I can barely remember it. Anybody else? We're just zipping by. And and you know, it's funny because Jesus is teaching Mary how to be fully present, but the truth is the idea of being fully present, this was something that a rabbi would teach his disciples. I mean, you go all the way back to Exodus. There's this passage when Moses is being called up on the mountain in Exodus 24. 
And rabbis would teach this to their disciples. Because we as disciples, we're products of our time. And we as human beings are constantly moving too fast. We're living too much in the future or living too much in the past and not enough in this moment. We don't know how to live in this moment. We have no idea how to be fully present. Rabbis would tell this story of Moses in Exodus 24 when the Lord says to Moses, come up to me on the mountain. This is this moment when Moses is being given instructions from God and he, God speaks to Moses. He says, come up to me on the mountain and stay here. And I'll give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandments that I've written. Now, the translation that we read is stay here. But if you look at the Hebrew word, hayayah, that word is better translated into something more like exist here or be here. And if you swap out stay here with be here, I think you begin to understand God's heart for us. What Jesus was saying to Mary, the same thing that God was speaking to Moses. He says, come up to me on this mountain. Would you just be here? Just be here. Instead of running around and doing all the things that you're going to do, Moses, instead of Mary doing the things you're supposed to do, could you learn how to be in this moment? right now. You see, I think so much about how we as adults, because of what we're supposed to do, we get lost. But we weren't always lost. Like when we were kids, we knew how to live in the moment. You did. You know how I know? Because recently, I've become a grandfather. Thank you very much. I didn't do much. And my grandfather's name is Pops. Although my granddaughter can't say Pops. So my actual name now has become Pots. Which seems strangely appropriate with the new laws we've passed in Illinois. But the other day I was with my little baby um, in California. and, And I filmed something. I, wanna, I want you to see this because I think this helps us understand that in our essence, we understand how to be fully present. So play this video of my sweet little baby. Okay, you got it. Turn up that sound. Hey. I love you. Really? Say hi. Hi. So we did this. This was one video of at least 20 times that we did the same thing over and over again. Because every time I built this little tent for her, I would go in the tent, we'd lay down on the bottom, we'd have a little moment, and then I'd get out of the tent. And as soon as I'd leave the tent, she'd go, Pots, again. So I'd crawl back in the tent and I'd lay back down and we'd do some fun stuff with blocks and then I'd quietly crawl out of the tent and she'd go, Pots, again. You know, children have this innate ability to live in a moment, don't they? And you did too. 
There was a time in your life when you knew how to live in the sweetness of this moment, not being stuck in your past, the traumas of what happened, not dreaming about the future, but being fully present in a moment. You knew how to do it. We lose it because of all the things we're supposed to do. I read this from G.K. Chesterton this week. He wrote this famous book called Orthodoxy. Listen to what he says about children because the reality was what he's saying about children. He's actually saying about you because all of you were children once. He says this, he says, because children have unbounding vitality because they are in spirit fierce and free. Therefore, they want things repeated and unchanged. They always say, do it again. And the grown-up person does it again until he is nearly dead. For grown-up people are not strong enough to exult in monotony. Now listen to what he says about our God. He says, is it possible that God says every morning, do it again to the sun, and every evening, do it again to the moon? It may not be automatically a necessity that makes all daisies alike. It may be that God makes every daisy separately, but never got tired of making them. To be fully present is to be alive. And did you know this? This idea of love, this thing that Jesus spoke, speaks about in John 13, 35, when he says, how will you know my disciples and my people, us that follow him? It's how they love. And we all are on this journey to experience all of his love, to extend that love to the world around us. But did you know that there's only one space in which you can truly experience love and that is in the present? You can't experience love in the future. It's not possible. And you can't experience love in the past. You can remember it. The only time you can actually experience this feeling, this emotion, this experience that we all want to grab hold of is in this moment. Could it be? What Jesus was saying to Mary, he's saying to all his disciples, Mary, this one thing All the details that Martha is messing around with, those are all fine and good because we get it. There's things we have to do throughout our days. There's stuff we're gonna have to do tomorrow. You're not gonna get to just take off and bury yourself as a monk somewhere on the side of a mountain. We'll all have to go through our lives, but is it possible that we could learn to be more present in the life that we live? Is this what Jesus is asking of his disciples to learn how to see people more clearly in the life that we live? Because here's what's true tomorrow. You will rub shoulders with someone who is broken. You will pass someone who feels unseen. You'll walk into a space with someone who has love to give, who actually sees you. What if we learned this one thing to do as God asked Moses, as Jesus spoke to Mary, to be fully present? Because to be fully present is to be alive. This week is Holy Week. 
And the invitation for me is simple for you. What would it look like if every morning you reminded yourself this just this holy week to be here now? Wherever your feet are this week, wherever they are. Tomorrow when you walk into work, you ready yourself in the car. Oh, maybe it starts before then, your morning coffee. Maybe it's with your children. But so often you're too tired to come home and play and do the thing. You don't feel like doing it again because your day doesn't leave you feeling like do it again, but you just do it again and you're fully present with your wife and the Cubs are playing and they're winning. It's in the eighth inning and she wants to talk with you and it's a cardinal sin. But you you push pause because all of us now have these magical things called a DVR and you just are alive right here. What if every moment and every space we were more present in? What if in that we began to see what God was up to because you know that God is up to everything all the time all around us and we just failed to see it? You see, I think we think that being present with God is that in the morning for 10 minutes, I have a quiet time when in actuality, his spirit is moving all around us in spaces all around us. And what I wonder is if we were to be more present, we might see him at work more in our lives. He was, would actually be next to us. And this holy week, What if we took the posture, not of Martha, but of Mary? What would that look like? Well, I am prayerful that this Holy Week will be one that you are fully present with. You are fully aware of what's going on in your world. You are fully connected. And I have absolute confidence that if you will step into that, you will experience this Holy Week, Jesus, in a new and profound way. Can I pray for you real quick? Father, I just pray um, as we wrap up that you would help us to take the posture of Mary, fully engaged, present, here, now. God, we pray it in your name. And everyone said, amen.